show is produced in conjunction with Blazing Caribou Studios. You can check out this and other cool podcasts in the Blazing Caribou family by heading over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com. If you like the show, consider becoming a Patreon and donating because BCS is funded solely by listeners like you. Special thanks to Alpha Geek Media and Diamond Club for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening. There's a place called Penguin Island in the cold Antarctic Sea where there's 15 million penguins in a penguin colony. Every penguin likes to get about. They're always on the go. And they live and love and fight and walk just like some folks I know. Hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast. Every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. I'm Paul and I'm not an animal expert. Yeah, and the same applies to me. My name is Paul and I am also not an animal expert. Uh, This week we're going to be talking about an animal that's made some pretty amazing adaptations over a really long period of time and I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Me too. Uh, I This animal this week, I thought I knew something about them, and as I did research, I found out that I know absolutely nothing until this week about penguins. So let's get right into it. The kingdom of animals is fascinating. Now I'm going to tell you about their behavior and living pattern. So come on! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? All right, so penguins, I think everybody knows what a penguin is, what a penguin looks like. They're those little black and white aquatic flightless birds, and they all live in the southern hemisphere. Yes, they do. And uh, a lot of, like, when I first started researching this topic, I actually thought that they all lived specifically in Antarctica, which isn't actually correct. They live all throughout the uh, southern hemisphere, including up north towards the equator. Still in the southern hemisphere, but the northern part of the southern hemisphere. There's just one species of penguin that lives in the Galapagos Islands, which is just above the equator in the northern hemisphere. But right. the rest of them, southern hemisphere. Right, and uh, and when you come to when you like think about the Galapagos, you could pretty much say that's kind of the southern hemisphere. It's just like how people who live right outside of a major city, they just say, "Oh, I live in Chicago," when really they're a suburbanite. And if you ask a Chicagoan, they're going to be mad. So, so those penguins live in, like, the suburbs of the, the southern hemisphere. <laughs> yes, the southern hemisphere suburbs, right. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, it's amazing. Every time I do research on these animals, I thought there were, like, I don't know, four or five different kinds of penguins. Right, that's not the case, though. There's uh, quite a few different uh, species of penguins. And that's kind of, they're really interesting how they, they're uh, separated. They're kind of separated geographically. You'll find one species of penguin tends to live uh, more in Antarctica. Well, maybe a couple of species of penguins will live in the same areas, but you'll find like uh, definitions in where the different species will live. For example, the species that lives in Galapagos is not the same as a species that lives probably down in South America, closer towards the southern tip of the continent. Yeah, and so that's basically a uh, rule that's called Bergman's Rule. This guy named Bergman, as you might expect, uh, kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of figured out that uh, for an animal to be able to survive in a colder climate, it has to be larger, and the penguins are a good uh, representation of that rule. Does that rule apply to people? 
Um, I don't know if that rule applies to people, actually. Uh, I think people tend to be the same size no matter where they are. Maybe that has to do something with the fact that we don't live in the elements as much as a lot of other animals. So um, have you found anything uh, stating that that might apply to people? No, and in fact, just the opposite, because there's some pretty large people down here in Florida. <laughs> in my area, I don't know if you have these restaurants in your area. They're called Culver's. Yeah, we have Culver's, yeah. I think those actually originated in Wisconsin, which is, uh, you know, not far off from here. Yeah, they're popping up everywhere down here. Yeah, butter burgers. That just sounds oh. unhealthy. <laughs> there are no small people eating in a Culver's. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I wondered about if I don't think Bergman's rule applies to... Uh, to people especially if they're around a culvers yeah i think i think we're kind of a special case of uh of animal though right because uh we have all this technology uh around how we consume and and uh, survive right whereas uh all the other animals in the world kind of just have to survive in nature the best they can they're always trying to get food trying to get good places to live that's why they keep trying to encroach on your house that's why people commonly will find like uh rodents and stuff in their house and you know, raccoons in their attic and whatever, so. Yeah, so the uh, the further south you get, the bigger the penguin is going to be until you get to the emperor penguin, mm-hmm. which can stand four feet tall. Holy crap. Yeah, it's almost as tall as a human being. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about uh, how large that penguin is. It's, uh, it always reminds me of there's this movie uh, called Billy Madison, and there's a scene in the movie where uh, he's really drunk and he's hallucinating and he sees this big human-sized <laughs> penguin. And when you see that on the screen, you're like, no way, that would never happen. But it turns out when it comes to emperor penguins that, uh, you know, it actually is <laughs> kind of maybe a reality that you would find a penguin that's about your size. I, w- I was reading a um, something online about how they found bones from a, like a, an extinct penguin. Mm-hmm. That stood six feet, seven inches tall. Oh, man. So it's a basketball-playing penguin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God those things are extinct. Yeah, that's that's a little that's a little crazy. That's a little intense for me. And then uh, on the other end of the spectrum, we have the little blue penguin. That's its actual name. Yeah, and uh, sixteen inches tall. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. You read my mind. Yeah, uh, I have them divided not by geographic location, but the divisions that I saw were they're divided into the great penguins, the brush-tailed penguins. The little penguins, the banded penguins, and the crested penguins. Right. That that is a uh, that is probably a better way to spread them up by sight, if you will. Let's talk about uh, their adaptations a little bit. Sure. Um, uh, <laughs> so penguins, uh, black and white. Most of them are, are just primarily black and white. Maybe a few little splotches of color here and there on their neck or on their head. Did so I throw you for a loop? <laughs> I, I think I threw myself out, off. Uh, I was trying to read something I had written down, and it wasn't what I thought I was going to read, and so then I got confused. And uh, yeah, so, so let's see. We're talking about uh, penguins, me, right? And do you want uh, me to start over? Yeah, yeah. I just want to catch up uh, with you real quick. What are we? We're about to go into adaptations, right? So we're going to talk about how penguins don't fly and stuff like that, right? And maybe sorry uh, about that. No, that's this is my fault. <laughs> okay, do you want to start the segment over again? <laughs> sure. All right. Thank you. No problem. So let's talk about what makes this bird so interesting for a few minutes, and it's 
all the adaptations that they have. They're a good example of what's called evolutionary biogeography. Kind of when you think about it, what that means is uh, penguins all had a common ancestor that could actually fly, right? But penguins can't fly. They they swim. They swim really well. They don't do so well on land. Mm-hmm. They kind of waddle around. They or they t- do that. Go yeah, ahead. I, was gonna, I was just going to say they toboggan, but it sounded like you were about to beat me to it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, that I was really excited about the tobogganing because it lo- looks kind of fun. And it looks adorable, too, where right. they just take their little flippers and scoot along on their uh, on their stomachs, which mm-hmm. conserves energy for them. Yeah. They and hop, and hop it, and jump. And it allows the tobogganing actually allows them to move pretty quickly when they're sliding down a hill. I'm sure if you kind of look around on the internet, you can. Uh, look up penguins tobogganing and you can see them just going down a hill like wee you know and just tobogganing pretty quickly oh yeah Mm -hmm. they're adorable yeah it's great so they look a little awkward and clumsy when they're on land right but when they're in the water those wings which have kind of adapted themselves into flippers right really make it look like they're flying through the water it's really cool yeah it's, it's pretty pretty interesting because uh, uh i mean if you think about it air and water are kind of similar in a way it's just that water is really dense compared to air right so you might be able to move through it similarly and penguins sure enough they do do that so one of the things that they have to do though in order to be able to swim so well is they need to uh keep themselves a little bit waterproof and they do that by preening what they do when they're preening is they kind of they have this gland near the base of their tail, and it produces an oil, which they can then um, use to apply to their feathers. So if you see a penguin that looks like it's kind of like rubbing its nose in, in its rear end and then rubbing its nose in other parts of its body, it's preening, and it's basically uh, spreading this oil all over its feathers so that it's more waterproof, and it helps streamline it while it's in the water. It also makes it a little bit waterproof so it doesn't, like freeze to death in the in the cold waters for the penguins that are in colder climates um and it's kind of a really interesting adaptation yeah because water can suck the body heat out of you a lot faster than air can Mm -hmm. they also have a layer of air in their feathers that kind of keeps them insulated and keeps them buoyant while while they're swimming yeah Uh, i think that that's maybe a a side effect of the preening too because their feathers are real like puffed up when they uh finish that process so uh you know the puffed up feathers kind of facilitate having some air pockets in there you know so sure i thought it was like when you're wearing a swimsuit and you jump into a pool and you get that big bubble of air in your swimsuit <laughs> uh maybe it's something but maybe like not that. maybe no. they're just trapping the air with the uh the oil and the preening yeah uh, I- i'm actually not sure exactly how what the process is that that leads to that but it's really interesting that they do manage to carry you know, kind of like a coating of air really close to their bodies like that. I, I think it might be due to the preening, but I, I can't say for sure. So I have conflicting information on their hearing. One thing I read said that they have an average sense of hearing. Right. But when you see nature videos of giant swarms of penguins, and the parent penguins are able to find their baby penguins in that crowd, mm-hmm. their hearing must be pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it must be pretty good. Um I guess one the one thing that I noticed when I was researching their hearing and, and other senses is that regardless of whether their hearing is particularly good or not, their main um, form of sensing the world around them is with their eyesight, kind of similar to human beings. So, But if you've ever had a small child and a group of other small children, it's not always easy to sight them, you know, you, you might have noticed. So you do have to have at least uh, an adequate level of hearing so that you can hear your child and go pick it out then by sight when you get closer 
I think it's just it's amazing to me because penguins just all kind of make the same noise, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, that's true. Um, like, but, but I'm sure to to a penguin, it sounds like we're all making the same noise. We're just all going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the black and white coloration of penguins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the black and white coloration uh, it serves as a camouflage because they have the uh, light color in the front of their body and the dark color in the back of their body so when they're swimming with the front of their body facing down if a, a predator is looking up at them then they kind of blend in with the reflective surface of the water and if a predator is looking down at them then they kind of refl- uh, blend in with the dark surface of the ocean floor right i thought that was really interesting because to me all this time i thought black and white seemed kind of like um not very good camouflage right there's a there's a huge contrast between the two uh two areas of the body right so when you're above the water and you're looking at them you're like oh that stands out like a sore thumb but um turns out it's a little different in the water uh so unless um it's more of a 3d world when you're in the water too so like we're thinking in like a two-dimensional plane where if you're on the same level as the penguin it's going to be a little bit more visible because you'll see that line where it goes from black to white but if you're above or below it which generally speaking just by probability you're probably going to be above or below it you're not going to be able to see that animal as well and in all the research i did and all the pictures of penguins that i saw i did not see a single bow tie nope no bow ties (laughs) i thought that was like in the bylaws of being a penguin or something (laughs) yeah it's it's because those uh those suits that we wear kind of make us look like penguins and and uh those suits you know tuxedos i should say typically have bow ties that are associated with them so Oh, the one thing that happens to penguins that is really kind of sad looking is, did you know about the catastrophic molt? No, what's that? Okay, so birds occasionally lose their feathers and they grow new feathers, but they lose feathers a couple at a time. Right. Penguins lose a large chunk of their feathers all at once. That's very interesting. So they basically become bald. They basically become bald or have large bald patches on their bodies and that's how they replace their feathers. But while that's happening, they can't do anything. They can't get in the water. They can't feed because they, they'll freeze to death in some places. Right, that's true. Espe- yeah, especially the ones that really need to preen to be able to keep their bodies warm while they're swimming. Those guys can't eat, huh? No, they can't do anything until their feathers grow back. And uh, I will definitely post some pictures of uh, penguins going through their catastrophic molt on the show notes. Yeah, that, that sounds like it probably looks pretty interesting. Oh, here's one thing that I I thought was really cool. Emperor penguins, the real big ones down mm-hmm. in Antarctica, Yep, they'll huddle together when it's really, really bitterly cold. Right. I, I actually... Uh learned that when I saw it on a documentary that was uh, narrated by the voice of God, I mean, Morgan Freeman. (laughs) But yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that, Paul? I didn't get to see that. Is that March of the Penguins? Yeah, that's the one. It's it's just, listen, I could just listen to Morgan Freeman talk, like, all day. It doesn't even matter what he's (laughs) talking about. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could do a a Morgan Freeman voice or else I would I might do the whole podcast in a Morgan Freeman voice if I was able to do that. Yeah, and then you wouldn't hear me talking at all. I'd just be like, oh, yeah, Paul, tell me more about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, when it gets extremely cold, they all kind of huddle together. Right. And then they'll rotate positions so that each penguin gets a turn in the center of all that penguin body heat. Yeah, it's it's a real... uh... They, they really work well together. They're a good. Uh, they have a good social group. You know, it's uh, it's it's kind of awesome. I wish humans would work that well together sometimes. 
Me too. All right. One more really interesting thing that I read was that emperor penguins can dive up to 1,854 feet underwater. That's pretty. That's a pretty specific number. I don't know why <laughs> that number in particular was mentioned. But yeah, they can dive really, really deep for up to 22 minutes to feed. Yeah. Uh, smaller penguins generally kind of stay near the surface to uh, to eat. Right. And they typically just like uh, seafood and krill and uh, stuff like that. They have a very, um, you know, Japanese sort of diet, raw fish. They can drink the salt water. Some animals have been uh, adapted to be able to drink salt water. We can't do it. So don't don't think you can live in the ocean and drink that water. Uh, you'll you'll <laughs> die. But uh, yep. but they managed to keep their uh, the salt levels in their blood uh, regulated enough to where they can actually drink the salt water. Right. They have um, little glands in their nasal passages that filter out the salt, and then they get rid of that salt in a concentrated fluid by sneezing. <laughs> that's, a, that's probably a pretty gross sneeze. I'm just picturing it now, and I don't think I want to look that one up on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's like kind of like a, using a neti pot in reverse. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. And way less is. pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's probably kind of gritty coming out too. I bet I bet you that hurts, but maybe they've been adapted to not not feel a lot of pain in in their nasal cavity. So, all right. So uh, so we know what uh, penguins eat. What eats a penguin? Everything that lives in the water that's bigger than a penguin. Right, like seals and orcas and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it turns out uh, not a lot of th- things are like natural predators to uh, penguins on land, though. Um, they're generally pretty safe on land. So. You'll get things that generally just eat any small living animal will attack a penguin, like a, like snakes and lizards and maybe like birds of prey and things like that, but they're typically not a huge concern to penguins. Because of that, penguins don't really have a particular fear of humans. Right, right. Um, you can just walk straight up to a penguin and it will uh, walk straight up to you. Uh, in fact, if you uh, aren't careful and you make it kind of mad it'll come after you oh really they can be territorial at times but uh they typically aren't though their general state of being is sort of a more low-key sort of thing they're not they're not particularly aggressive animals but they will uh you know kind of go after things that make them feel threatened when they're on land i didn't know that yeah can you imagine a four-foot emperor (laughs) penguin chasing you i would run i would definitely not stick around for that <laughs> <laughs> so it would be it would be successful i think part of the problem part of the reason why they'll they'll be more territorial on land than in water is because they're not as mobile on land so if you think about your fight or flight response if you can't perform the flight part of that you're going to probably fight right so yeah that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah you have any other interesting uh penguin facts no paul that about covers it for me All right, let's go into pop culture. Uh, We'll do that right after this. I'm Carrie Sims. You may know me from the popular weekly internet game show podcast, Trivia Geeks, streaming live every Tuesday night at 9.15 Eastern, 8.15 Central. Like any podcast, Trivia Geeks started out as nothing more than an idea and a dream. Here at Blazing Caribou Studios, we believe in cultivating those dreams and ideas to bring fresh content to the masses. Click on over to BlazingCaribouStudios.com and click on the link Pitch Podcast Ideas. Your dream could be just one click away.
You know, whether they're the ones actually doing all the work or they're just the comic relief, movies, TV, and video games are loaded with animals, and the penguin is no exception. So let's talk about where we most commonly see penguins, not in nature or in a zoo, but on a screen. Right. So the first place I think of when I think of a penguin uh, is the the recent Stanley Cup winner, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Their mascot is a penguin, and uh, you see them skating around, and they're actually a pretty good team, unfortunately for me, because I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan. <laughs> and uh, they they won the Stanley Cup in 2016, and also recently in 2009. Being in Florida, we're not, we we have hockey down here, but it's not it's not that popular. <laughs> right. That that makes sense. I mean, you don't have a lot of ice usually to skate around on, so. You have to go to a special location in order to uh, play the sport, right? So you probably don't play it a whole lot. Don't play it a whole lot. Don't watch it a whole lot. Yeah, there's no... Um, like, are there high school hockey teams up there um, in Chicago? You know what? I, I think there probably are, but my high school didn't have a hockey team, so that's all I really know. <laughs> we actually do have a uh, hockey rink that's about maybe 10 miles away from my house where the Florida Everblades play. Yeah. And they're our local minor league hockey team. And uh, once those guys get good at hockey, I don't know where they, what team they send them to. Right. I, yeah, I guess I don't know either. I, I do know that the uh, Chicago Wolves, which is the uh, minor league team or whatever you call it around here, uh, they actually feed into the into Vancouver. So like they don't even feed into Chicago. The the there's another Illinois team that's in Rockford that actually feeds into Chicago. So we have a weird setup there. My first thought uh, when we were doing penguins, and when we, especially when it comes to pop culture, was okay. Do you know this name, mm-hmm. Oswald Chesterfield Cobblepot? I definitely do know that name. That's uh, one of the most famous villains in a popular comic book series. Absolutely, it's uh, one of Batman's nemeses. Yeah, it's part of his rogues gallery. He's probably the only one in that rogues gallery that seems to be kind of sane and in control of his actions and right he's he's kind of very uh high class you know he 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 definitely likes the uh idea that a penguin wears a suit you know he kind of uh likes to wear a tux around and you know he kind of looks like a penguin cuz he's wearing that tux around he's very high class he's a high class criminal they never talk about it in the batman movies or the comics mm-hmm. but gotham must have the greatest lawyers ever <laughs> to, to keep these people out of uh, various jails in Arkham and all that. Not only do they keep him out of jails in Arkham, but like the Penguin can just go back to his life of luxury. <laughs> That's true. He, do, he doesn't lose anything. <laughs> he doesn't lose anything. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the pe- I like uh, the Penguin. Uh, he's got like the variety of these specialized high-tech umbrellas that he uses. Right. Uh, And you know why he has to carry the umbrella, right? It's because his mother was very overprotective of him as a kid, and that kind of just led to him being a huge dork when he grew up, kind of like us. (laughs) What is your preference? Do you like the classy Burgess Meredith penguin, or do you like the Danny DeVito kind of gross, dark penguin? Uh, So I kind of don't like the Danny DeVito one. I think the... One I like the most is the one that's on the TV series now. I can't remember the guy's name, though. But he, the, the young penguin fella, he, he's kind of cool. And he kind of fits what I think about when I think about penguin as a villain. So Is that in uh, Gotham? Yeah, in the show Gotham, yeah. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. The version of the penguin that I like the best is I have a Wii U. And oh. I have the uh, Arkham, one of the Arkham games, Arkham right. 
not Arkham Asylum, Arkham something. Right. I haven't played any of those games, so <laughs> we're in similar boats there with our favorite penguin. We've, we haven't encountered each other's favorite penguin. And that penguin is like a nice balance between kind of dark and nasty and high class like Burgess Meredith was, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, so you, you like kind of the classic sort of penguin then? I do, yeah. Uh, sure. I'll have to check out Gotham, though. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a little bit gritty. Usually, those things kind of uh, are like way over polished, and they don't look like they're really a comic book. They look like they're like a weird chil- children's series or something like that. But this one actually has some kind of gritty parts to it, and it kind of makes it feel like a real uh, Batman story. So, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, just don't expect to see too much Batman because uh, Bruce Wayne's a little kid then, so he doesn't really do any, you know, sleuthing. Is it? Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's just oh. he's just kind of like a he's kind of a whiny kid. Yeah, I don't really. He's kind of emo-y, and yeah, the Bruce Wayne character isn't really particularly you know uh, interesting. It's it's the uh, Commissioner Gordon character that really kind of drives the stories along. And it it still manages to be a good show despite that. It's good enough. <laughs> good enough. Yeah. All right. So another uh, interesting place you might see penguins is uh this april uh april 25th to be exact uh you might uh hear about world penguin day um and that day kind of coincides with the annual northward migration of some penguin populations i have not heard about that yeah they don't actually uh fly northward like uh other birds do they just waddle northward (laughs) very slowly (laughs) do you have uh do you have big plans for world penguin day uh yeah i am going to sleep in (laughs) me too (laughs) yep (laughs) Do you think that would work if I if I called off a of work for World Penguin Day? Yeah, you know, that seems legit. They're, they're going to totally be like, oh, yeah, this guy's totally into penguins. He wears a tux in work every day. Yeah, he, he's yep. taking that off. I'm going to wear a, a, a bow tie and no pants and just eat <laughs> sardines all day. No pants, That's huh? how I'm going to celebrate. Yeah, no You're pants. You're going all out. literally (laughs) so another place that you might uh, encounter penguins is as a mascot similar to the uh, Pittsburgh penguins is their uh, common mascot for Linux Uh, Tux the penguin is the uh, uh, Linux kernel mascot and uh, there's a Linux distribution called Gen 2 that has a Gen 2 penguin as its mascot that is my favorite name for a penguin the Gen 2 penguin (laughs) I love those penguins yeah, so so why are they your favorite uh, penguin then? Or are just they your, like are the you name. saying they're your favorite or just the favorite name? Both. Okay. Yeah, because emperor penguins are terrifying. <laughs> they're just way too big. And plus penguins everyone everyone knows emperor big. penguins too. So like you 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 can't be like, "Oh, I knew that one before it was cool." You know, you got if you want to be a <laughs> if you want to be a penguin hipster, you got to go somewhere else. <laughs> why do you know why they chose a penguin for their mascot? Uh no, actually I don't know the answer to that question. All right. Huh. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sure there's Go a look good. It up, people. I'm, I'm sure there's a good reason that they did. Um, maybe it has something to do with Linus Torvalds living in. They they probably have penguins around where he lives. He lives in Scandinavia or something like that. I don't know. I'm not a huge like Linux historian, but people who who really enjoy operating systems uh, sometimes get really into that sort of history. So maybe if we got someone who's a big Linux fan out there, they can. Uh, Write us an email and let us know uh, why they chose penguins as their mascot. Yeah, except that's Northern Hemisphere. There's yeah. no penguins up there. That's a good point, my friend. It's a very good point. In fact, if you see an artist, and I've seen it a couple of times, drawing penguins, 
and polar bears together. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. <laughs> They're wrong. Yep. So you should do the right thing, and you should do the thing that the rest of the internet does and uh, tweet that they suck. <laughs> and then you should share their artwork without giving them credit. Yes, angry tweets. That's what you're supposed to do now, right? Yeah, I think that's what you do anytime you don't agree with the person. You just send angry tweets, right? Yeah, you yeah. suck, die in a fire, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, usually you abbreviate that D-I-A-F, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, don't do that. Yeah, well, I don't want any of our listeners to DIAF. Obviously, they're the greatest people on the planet. Absolutely. Be nice to animals and be nice to uh, internet artists and don't be too hard on them when they draw penguins (laughs) and polar bears together. Yeah, this is a public service announcement by Paul Choma. (laughs) Speaking of artists Mm -hmm. and penguins, two comics that I grew up with featured penguins quite often. Uh, Bloom County. All right. Have you ever read Bloom County? It sounds familiar. Uh, I, I think uh, maybe, you know, newspaper comics were a little bit before my time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to be honest, you know, not, not, not to uh, inadvertently call you old or anything, but, you know. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bloom County. I discovered Bloom County when I was like 17 years old, and he stopped running that comic in the Sunday papers about 25 years ago. Mm. He just resurrected it on uh, uh, Facebook 25 years later. That's pretty cool. That's that's a good place to do it, too. Yeah, and it's so good, and it's really, like, topical and funny, and I will put a link to that on the show notes because it is terrific. If you're not familiar with Bloom County, it is a riot. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to follow that link, and it's going to be a way for me to get caught killing time at work, and then people will be like, why are you reading comics at work? (laughs) How about uh, The Far Side? Uh, yeah, I definitely know The Far Side. I feel like everyone knows The Far Side, mostly because of those calendars that they put out. He used to draw a lot of penguins right. in his comics, and like the punchline with his penguin drawings was the fact that they all kind of look alike. So I think the most famous one is a big herd of penguins, and there's one penguin in the middle with his little flippers raised up singing, Oh, I just gotta be me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Penguinsworld.com Oh, so you found another interesting website, it seems. (laughs) Every animal has their own website. I love it. (laughs) This is actually a nice-looking website for a change. It doesn't look like it was put together in 1995 with, like, Netscape Composer. All right, well, here's some uh, fascinating uh, radio. You get to hear me typing in the web address. Penguins-world.com Oh, wow, this is a really nice site. It looks good, right? Yeah. It looks like they used uh, some, some actual like technical know-how to make this site. <laughs> yeah. And don't skip the part where uh, it shows you how to draw cartoon penguins. Oh, it's sweet. I'm going to draw cartoon penguins myself. <laughs> this is awesome. This is a great site. I wish they had more sites like these for all the animals. Look at that. They have a picture of all these different, uh, the different penguins. Now you can look at the erect crested penguin when you, whenever you want. The what? <laughs> the erect crested penguin, man. Come on, Dude, you don't know? I don't want the explicit tag, man. Come on. What are you doing to me? <laughs> I might have cherry-picked that one out on purpose. I don't know. <laughs> uh, would you eat a penguin? So I had to think about this one a little bit, but when it comes down to it, I would eat most birds, and if you cooked it, I would eat most seafood. So, yeah, I think I would probably eat a penguin. They just they don't look very appetizing to me no but they do have a lot of fat and fat tends to taste good that's true yeah I'm it's been saying. suggested that i'm not, I'm not trying prob- to convince you or anything you can choose whether you want to eat a penguin yourself or not but you know 
I just don't, I don't think I could. They just don't look like, they don't look appetizing. And it's not the fact that a lot of them are protected or endangered or anything mm-hmm. like that. I, they just don't look like they taste good. Yeah, maybe that's, the one thing that I struggled with was, uh, for some reason, an animal that is black and white, it doesn't look good to me. Maybe it's because it makes me think of like skunks or something like that. But th- th- there is something unappealing about the way that they look. But that being said, I don't think it would stop me from eating them. It's actually illegal to hunt and kill and eat penguins because most of them are are protected. Right. So I should clarify that I'm not going to eat a penguin because <laughs> I I respect the law. <laughs> and I also respect it. I, more importantly, I respect endangered species, and I think it's important to protect those populations. So I'm definitely not going to, but I would if like all other humans in the world were dead and all I had was a penguin to eat. Then I might give it a shot. Well, then you pretty much have to eat penguin Mm -hmm. for sure right Uh, i read a thing from a scientist that suggested that they probably taste more like fish and less like chicken yeah their diet i i would imagine that that's probably the case because they eat a lot of fish so they probably taste like fish i think probably some scientist somewhere illegally ate one for science (laughs) and he and he wanted to be able to tell you what it tasted like he was like, so I don't know for sure, but I think that penguins taste a little like chicken, but they're a little greasier with notes of herring and squid, and a little bit of barbecue sauce really makes them more palatable. But I don't know that for sure. It's just a hypothesis. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. And I don't know what happened to penguin number 34, okay? I think he got eaten by a seal. <laughs> Blame I, it on the I, seal. And I don't know how his tracking device got in the oven either, so stop asking me. <laughs> either way, it's destroyed now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> As far as birds go, penguins seem to be pretty intelligent creatures that can be trained and conditioned. Right, so they're definitely not as intelligent, in in my opinion, as like an elephant or something like that. But they do have, uh, they work together, they can figure stuff out. I mean, they, they have pretty good memories uh, as far as like remembering their mates and whatnot. So, right, because they, they mate for life and then they'll go back mm-hmm. where they were hatched and hatch their own eggs Right at that exact spot. Yeah, exactly. So so that being said, uh, if I were going to rate the intelligence of a penguin, I think I would say probably like a five. Some some middle of the road number like that. Okay, I gave him a seven. Oh, okay. Why'd you give him a seven? Because they, they seem to be self-aware. They can recognize their own image in a mirror sure i guess that is kind of a that that is kind of an interesting threshold when you can recognize yourself when you are aware that you are a thing that that is an important uh distinction so maybe that i'll bump them up a level i'll go six uh any final thoughts on penguins and no just uh they're pretty cool looking so if you get a chance to check them out on youtube or uh maybe do some google searches and look at the images uh i i would check them out there there's a lot of variety in penguins and you know they're fun to look at yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. or go to our show notes because we'll put all kinds of pictures and videos and and stuff up there for you to to check out thanks everybody so much for listening to this podcast uh, this podcast is produced by me, Paul Chomo, and Paul Wilk, with technical support by Matthew Chomo and Paul Wilk. All the music that you're hearing is by Kevin McLeod. Go to blazingcariboustudios.com. You can get links to the audio. The show notes that I just mentioned, we put all sorts of pictures and YouTube videos and extra little articles for you to read about penguins. It's going to be really interesting, and it's meant to be like all the show notes, just a compliment to the episode. So we'd appreciate it if you go over there to blazingcariboustudios.com, look at the show notes, and look at the rest of the website, and you might find a uh, podcast that you like 
that isn't about animals. Uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Varmints Podcast, all one word. And of course, you can get a hold of us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions, your comments, your stories, your suggestions, and uh, we will read them on the air. Until next week, thanks again for listening and be nice to animals. Bye. listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. If you like this podcast and want to hear more like this, consider supporting the BCS Patreon at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. A special thanks to Pinto and the Bean for our company theme music. If you want to hear more, head on over to PintoAndTheBeanMusic.com, where you can check out this and other cool tracks. From a shallow world.